0: Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. We have been in a series called like a boss and uh and so if you if you've been here you know we don't like to say it uh real white like and church like but we want to add like a w in there like 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 a boss all right can you say that with me like a boss all right there you go and so uh the big idea the past couple of weeks has been for you to start bossing your money around instead of your money bossing you around I mean that sounds like a good idea that you would start bossing your money around instead of your money bossing you around and before that before you can become a boss you have to know who the boss is everybody say who's the boss Who's the boss? Applesauce. Come on. And so if you've got kids, maybe you've said that a time or two. But Jesus, he talked more about this than anything else in the New Testament or in Scripture when we see him talking to the disciples or crowds of people. He would tell us that the thing that will most compete with your hearts... Is money? He said, "You will love God, or you will serve money." He, he he wants you to know that your employment is great. Like working is a good thing. Your your four hundred one k is amazing. Your savings account is awesome. But he would want you to know that these things are not your source. He wants you to know that he is your source. He wants you to know that he's the one that he that you should rely on, and not these other things. Those other things are good, but he is better. And so we talked about living your life being mastered by money versus you mastering your money. And so this is, when you live mastered by money, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, or last week I believe, last two weeks really, but when you live mastered by money, you, you live three ways. First you live, second you save, and third you give. When, when you are living mastered by money, you live. It's all about me. I'm gonna spend it on me first. Second, we save, and, and we're gonna save it for me or my family or what I've got going on. I'm gonna save for me. And third, we will give if we feel uh, generous that day, if we feel an emotional tug, if there's a natural disaster, and sure, we'll go and help out. But when you are mastering money, when you say, Jesus, be Lord of my life, and you begin to master money, Jesus actually flips the script. He flips it to where first you give, second you save, and third you live. You give, you, you first, it, it comes out of the first, the, the, the first fruits we call it. Then as you give and you give to others and you put others first, then you save and then you live off the rest. We, we call it the 10-10-80 principle, right? Give 10%, save 10%, and then live off the rest. Give 10, save 10, and live off of the rest. Well, if you're gonna live like a boss, today we're gonna talk about you have to have a boss plan. If you're gonna be the boss, if you're gonna live like a boss, then you've gotta have a boss plan. I'm gonna say a boss plan. Yeah, that's right. It's the only way that you can manage that ninety percent in your life. I remember there was this one time, this one time where my wife and I had owned, uh, we just bought our first house, and uh, we had actually <clears throat> we had moved uh, to to from where we were at to go help a church plant in that time in that season of our life, and we had moved and. Bought this house and uh, we didn't really have anything that we liked, and so uh, we wanted to buy new stuff. How many know that like you buy a new house, you want to put some new stuff in it, right? You're like out with the old, in with the new. Let's go. And so, uh, but for us, it was early on in our marriage, and uh, we didn't have too too much, and uh, and so we were like, dude, let let's deck this house out. Like let's buy brand new living room furniture. Let's buy new bedroom furniture. We need a kitchen table. Let's buy a kitchen table. Uh, let's make sure that this is painted and and the curtains are here and the and the TV and all this stuff. And so so we knew that uh, that year that there was um, there was an eight thousand um, uh, dollar. Uh, not tax rebate, but the, the 8000 if you buy, if you're a first-time home buyer, $8,000 is gonna come back to you really quick. Like, just you fill out a form, boom, you got $8,000 from the government, let's go. So I was like, dude, we got $8,000, like, built in to buy us the stuff that we need. And so we went shopping uh, with $8,000 as our budget. And I don't know about you, but when you go shopping and you're trying to buy a lot of stuff, you're like, oh, I, I kind of have, um, like, you know, wine taste on a beer budget, you know, and so... Uh, so I was, I was, we, we went shopping and we were like, oh, we really want this and this and that and that. And we'd kind of priced it out. Oh, we needed a refrigerator too that day, that as well. And so we just, man, we just needed a lot of things. And, uh, so we went, went shopping and we were like, Hey, we've got good credit. We'll just buy everything on credit. We'll go ahead, like we bought the house, we closed, right, we did the smart thing, we closed first, <laughs> and so, so if, if, if you're buying a house, don't go buy a bunch of stuff before you close, okay? Wait till after, and so we closed on the house, and, and as we did, as soon as we closed, literally, we went from the title company, and we started going uh, to all of these retail establishments to go buy our stuff. Need a fridge? Let's go buy a fridge. Boom, got it, done, uh, like, you know, 0%. Twelve months, awesome. Yes, got it. Let's go buy some some furniture now because we need we need some uh, we need some couches and we need uh, uh, a whole bed like master bedroom suite. Like we need the whole nine yards. Let's we need a table I, and so so we go to uh, rooms to go and um, I don't remember what we spent, but let's just call it eight thousand dollars. Okay, it was something crazy like that. And so we spent eight thousand dollars and. Um, and all on credit right zero percent for I don't know two three years or whatnot you know uh, we had good credit so we're just like, hey let's buy it on credit let's go like let's get let's get let's just buy the whole house and uh, we went and bought a table at another place and and by the, by the end of the, the day okay we had closed we just spent money on a house and and all that stuff and then and then we, we had spent somewhere on credit in the neighborhood of 13 to fifteen thousand dollars our budget was eight. <laughs> we doubled our budget. We doubled our budget, and um, and, and, and so, so what ended up happening, as you know, is that you the $8,000 came in, and we, we, we applied it towards things and paid some of it off already, but then we still had like $300 or more a month that we were having to pay for because we wanted to have it all right then right there, right now. And here's the deal if you're taking notes. You cannot, out, you cannot out-earn bad spending habits. You cannot out-earn bad spending habits. Maybe you've done that before. No, we're not throwing stones at you today. We did it, we've been there, but that would be a bad spending habit. I don't recommend that. And oftentimes, we think we have an income problem, but really, it's a management problem. We think, man, if we just make more money, everything's gonna be all right. But the truth is, it's not an income problem, it is a management, a money management problem. You know, when I look at our budget, if there's a problem, it's normally eating out. Come on, somebody, anybody, 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 anybody anybody like some like Lupe tortillas or some Papacitos or Gringos or, or, you know, you, you name it, right? You, you name your, your, your establishment, you like, uh, I, man, it's normally always eating out. I'm like, man, it's tight this month. Well, just go look at your budget and go look how much you spent on all of these places. Uh, You would be surprised at how much you spend on eating out. Like you just, you just go home today and print out last month's uh, spending report, your expense report for the month, right? And you just go see how much you spent. Not on groceries, I'm talking about eating out. Not on how much you spent just, just making sure you had food in the refrigerator, but how much you spent eating out. I mean money will just slip out if you don't have a plan. I mean, you, but before you look up, you'd be like, I don't know where my money went. Before I had all this money, but now it's all gone. And so, so today we're going to talk about three boss habits to help you boss your money around. Three boss habits to boss your money around. So let's start with some scripture here as we get going. Luke chapter 12, verse 13, Jesus is talking. He said, then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Now, this was kind of a normal request. This wasn't something out of the ordinary in this day and age. But Jesus replied, he said, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware. Everybody say, beware. Beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. The reason why Jesus says this is because giving sets up the guardrail for greed. As we've as we talked about this this last couple of weeks, giving, it sets up the guardrail for greed. The guardrail's not in the danger zone. The guardrail is set in the safety zone so that if we do kind of we do, do kind of fishtail a little bit or we drift a little bit, the guardrail is there to protect us. The budget, the boss plan is there To protect us so we don't go off the cliff. If you're writing notes, write this down. The number one thing you should be worried about protecting is not your stuff, but your hearts. This is what Jesus was trying to communicate to the disciples and to the people, that the number one thing that you should should be worried about protecting is not your stuff, but your hearts. If you're gonna set an alarm, set an alarm on your hearts not your stuff. And so the first boss habit to help you is to embrace the pay now habit. Embrace the pay now habit. In America, it's buy now pay later. Right? Just like we did earlier. We did earlier in our marriage. Buy now, pay later. Buy now, and have a $400 note every month coming to you, right? Buy that nice car now and pay it off. Did you know our research? They will actually finance you up to like eight years now for the purchase of a vehicle. And they're really good at it. You know what they do? They'll be like, you'll go in, you're like, hey, I'm looking for a car. And they're like, awesome. Um, They'll be like, well, what's your monthly note that you're looking for? Well, one that's not your business. okay. So just know when you go buy a car, it's none of their business. You tell you just tell me the price of the car, I'll decide what is good for me. But but you you go in and, and they're like they're like, well we'll get your month your your monthly note down to as low as it needs to be. And so you're looking at cars and you're like, oh, this is a really nice car. But man, this one over here is tricked out, right? It's got leather. It's got like upgraded sound system. It's got rims and wheels. And man, it's, it's, it looks good. Like, let's go. And so you went in wanting to buy this much of a car. And then you got enamored by all the nice new cars around you. And you're like, dude, but I'm going I'm to go for the top end. I'm going to get it. And you can't really afford this one. You can barely afford this other one. But you're going to go for the one. And they're like, well, hey, we know this one's way out of your range. But what does your note need to be? You're like, "Well, I'm kind of looking for my note to be around $400." And they're like, "Awesome. We'll we'll finance you $400 a month for like 15 years. It'll be great. You're going to love it." Like it's no no problem, right? <laughs> and you're like, "Awesome. I can I can afford that." And so your $30,000 car turned out to be like $75,000 and "We have this buy now and pay later. 0% interest for 12 months or or 36 months. It's going to be great." Until you're like, late one month and you're past the grace period and they're like oh we're so sorry we know for the first 11 months you've been on time but the very last month of of this agreement you're late and now we're going to have to retroactively apply the interest that is due to us now because you were outside of the grace period and you're like oh really they're like oh yeah it's in the fine print but we don't ever read the fine print because it's too much to read If you don't have the cash, I'm going to help you out. Don't buy it. If you don't have the cash, don't buy it. I know what some of you are thinking. Well, I've already screwed that up. (laughs) You're laughing, but it's true. Can I help you that your spending limit is not your credit limit? Your spending limit is not your credit limit. Your spending limit is whatever your income is. Your spending limit is what your income is, what you bring in from your job, what is, bring you bring in as pay. Because if you have good credit, they will approve you for more than what you can really afford. If you have good credit and you've tried to buy a car or buy a house, they're like, hey, you know, you're just trying to buy like a $200,000, $250,000 house. And you're like, hey, this is, this is what I want to buy. They're like, oh, that, that's great. But, but man, you're approved for a $425,000 house. And you're like, really? Woo! Man, this is great. I'm not can, going can to have the dream home, pull in the backyard, 3,500 square feet. Like, the kids could go to one side of the house, we could be on the other. It's going to be great and then you buy the house on credits, and you're like, oh, we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't really budget that, and we didn't know electricity was gonna be that much. We, we didn't know it was gonna, it, The paying the yard guy was only $100 in our other house, but this size yard, and the shrubs, and the mulch, and I mean, it's like $250 a month now just for that. And the pool? Yeah, we didn't know it was going to cost that much to get the pool cleaned and make sure the chemicals were balanced right. And come on, has anybody ever been there? Come on, are, are you with me today? Your spending limit is whatever your income is, not what your credit is. There was this time not too long ago, uh, I had Bria and we were out and my oldest, and we were doing, uh, I don't know, just just, she was, me and her, we were just out just doing something. And, and she said, Daddy, Daddy, I, I wanna go to Bath and Body Works and I wanna just get a couple of things. And I said, look, it's not in the budget this month, we're not going to Bath and Body Works. But she said, Dad, I've got the money. <clears throat> I've got $8. I said, okay. I said, so, so this is what we're gonna do, all right? I, I said, you've got $8. Daddy has zero dollars for this trip, and so we're going to go to Bath and Body Works, and you can pick out whatever you want to pick up, but anything over eight dollars you cannot buy because you won't have the money for it. And so, and I said, and said, don't forget about tax. You know, so she's looking at like two dollars, one dollar, one seventy-five. You know, she's looking at these little things that she was wanting, and. And uh, she's like, Daddy, how much is this? And I was like, you know, I said, it's, you know, this is like $7 and whatever. But but with tax, it may actually go over $8. And if it goes over $8, you're not going to be able to to buy it. And uh, so she's like, okay. So she goes, I, I said, it's going to be close, but let's go up the register and let's see what they have. And so they, we, we bring the stuff up. It's like about four four things or so. And and they ring it up. And with tax, it's like $8 and seven cents or something like that. Eight dollars and seven cents. And she looked at me, she was like, <laughs> Dad, it's, it's only seven cents. Could you help me out and take care of the seven cents? And I said, no, this is, this is a real life teaching moment for you. It's not about the seven cents, right? It, it's about you have eight dollars and you need to be able to spend within the $8. Because what I was doing that moment was trying to teach, teach her what we haven't learned in America very well, that if you only have $8, then you only spend $8. That, that we're, I'm not going to fund your bad spending habits. We'll call it overspending. I'm not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna encourage that. We're gonna try and teach you on a small level, on a small moment that says, hey, daddy could take care of this, but daddy's not always gonna be there to take care of it. So when daddy's not here, you have to learn now that $8 is $8. You gotta learn to live on a budget. Everybody say budget. I know it's like a cuss word, but just say it. You got to learn to live on a and when things are tight, when things are like, whoo, man, it's gonna be tight this month, or it's gonna be tight right now, I like to church it up a little bit. I like to call it balling on a budget. Come on. Like, like I like to, like, if it's, I gotta let, make it look or feel glamorous just for a moment, right? It may be tight, but we're gonna be balling on a budget, baby. Like, let's go, let's get it. It's okay. So, first things first, embrace the pay now habit. Secondly, if you're gonna have this boss plan, you have to pay yourself. Everybody say, pay yourself you got to pay yourself. you got 10% that goes to God, but then you have 10% that we talked about saving goes to you. You will not be able to pay yourself if you do not have a budget. That was so good, I'm gonna say it again. You will not be able to pay yourself if you do not have a budget. Because here's the deal, you have to save for a rainy day. How many of you have ever had a rainy day? Right, you have to save for a rainy day. There's going to be a time where your car breaks down and you got to fix it. Where you think it's only going to be 300, but it's really 875 to fix it. And you're like, sweet baby Jesus, I don't know how this is going to be, how this is going to happen. Right? The fridge is going to stop working. Right? The fridge is, it's going to stop cooling, and you're either going to have to get it fixed, the compressor, which you might as well buy a new fridge, uh, or, or or whatever. But you're going to have to fix the fridge. The the washer or the dryer is going to stop doing what it's supposed to be doing and you're gonna to have to get it fixed. You're gonna to have to buy new tires every two or three years on your car. You, you know it's coming. But we don't pay ourselves for the rainy day. We don't pay ourselves for the accidentals in life. And so when it happens, we're unprepared, and we don't know what to do. You gotta start paying yourself. They say six out of 10 Americans have no savings at all. 60% you got to learn to start paying yourself. So in Luke chapter 12 verse 16, the story continues. He, t- he tells him the story. He says, a rich man, a rich man had a fertile farm and produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. I got so much stuff, man. It's just, it's just flowing everywhere. I got the money tree in the back, man. It's great. Then he said, "I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns. I, I, I will move from my small house and I will buy a bigger one. Then I'll have room enough to store my ping pong table and my my foosball table and my shuffleboard and and my couches and my seventy five inch TV and." and all of these other things that I want and have. This man had learned to pay himself. Come on, if you got nice things like that, it's either you've learned to pay for yourself or you are extremely in debt. But he learned to pay himself. And in order to pay yourself, you have to stop paying visa and Amex and discover. You have to discover that those things are not the way to do things. That all those things want is to pay is for you to pay them so you can continue to pay them month after month after month. You may not be paying the star furniture or rooms to go or whatever, but you may be paying Visa and Amex and, and whatever it may be. Starbucks, Chick-fil-A. Ah, oh, God's chicken. I know. I know. <coughs> but man, when I look at our budget, I just go to Chick-fil-A. I just look how many Chick-fil-A's are, 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 are being listed. How many times did we go to Chick-fil-A? Not this month, just this week. How many times were we in a pinch this week or a bind? Or, man, it was late and we were tired and we'd been working all day and we were like, ah! Go Chick-fil-A. It's God's chicken. Come on. It's blessed already. Come on. We don't even have to pray over it, man. It's good. I know it's fried chicken. I know it's fried food. I know it's not good from my heart, but Jesus sees it. Come on, somebody. And so, come on, a number one with some with some honey or some Chick-fil-A sauce and a, and a nice large Dr. Pepper. Mmm, it is so good. Man, it is so good. Like at 930 at night, you can pass by Chick-fil-A and the line is all the way throughout the parking lot. You're like, what are you? Is there crack that you're putting in the chicken? because it is crazy how long the line is at 9.30 at night. The Taco Bell right next to it, nah, it's empty. Whataburger, nah, it's empty. Whataburger doesn't start getting backed up until after 10. Why? Because Chick-fil-A is closed. It's the truth. I remember we had just started youth ministry, and and youth ministry, we were, man, you may not know this, but definitely starting out in youth ministry. Man, we were like in our early 20s, just graduated college. Youth pastors, they don't make a lot of money in the beginning. Man, I got quiet. (laughs) So like we had some money coming in, but not a lot, you know what I'm saying? And I thought I got my first like real i I'm like, let's go. I'm balling, you know, I'm balling on a budget. Come on. And, and, I, and so there was a Starbucks that I passed every day going to work. And I was like, man, I'm balling. Let's go. Was, you know, psh, psh, you know. And, uh, and so we we're like, dude, where's all? One day we we're like, where's all my money going? Where's it going? I don't, I don't know why we're broke all the time. And, and I, we, we looked like itemized, right? Let's, let's, let's look at that itemized report. Let's see what our bank statement has to say. And dude, I was spending, for me, uh, it was like $150, $175 a month on Starbucks. Yeah, that may not be a lot of money to you today, but for me starting out, and I was the only income, Kristen was at school, going to college, all these things, and so she wasn't really working. Man, that was dumb. I was like, I'm just gonna go to the office, get some Folgers, we're gonna be all right. We're going to be all right for now, right? We're going to sacrifice today. Come on, we're going to live like nobody today. Come on, Dave Ramsey, so we can live like nobody tomorrow. Come on, somebody. I'm having fun today. I hope you're having fun. It may take you a year or two or three to kind of work your way through this, but get on a plan to where you can get there. Get on a plan so you can get there. Verse 19. So the guy says, I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, my friend, you, you, have, you have enough stored away for years to come and I, I got my 401k, man, retirement is looking good. Now take it easy, eat and drink, be merry. This guy's living large. I mean, this guy, he doesn't have any problems, right? But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to, to store up earthly wealth, but, but not have a rich relationship with God. Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. You see, your savings account is good, but life is not all about your savings accounts. You need some for the rainy day. It, it only is wisdom and smart of you to save. In fact, if you listen to Dave Ramsey or you listen to some financial gurus, they will try to tell you up to six months you should try to have in savings. But that is not the point. Don't let money or don't let that thing be your new God. Because lastly, you've, we've got to pay it forward. We've got to pay it forward. You have to learn to be generous in this thing. Because it's not all about, it's not all about savings. But it's about leaving a legacy. It's not all about savings, but it's about leaving a legacy. Here's a thought. What if I can build the family of God and my family at the same time? If you're a Christ follower, walk with me. What if I can build the family of God and my family at the same time? We still have to maintain a generous heart, a spirit of generosity, living open-handed, being a kingdom builder. Can I, can I pastor you just for a moment? Can I be your pastor for a moment? Some of you are holding back. I wanna encourage you, stop holding back. That's why we talk about our dream team all the time. Almost every Sunday, I'm like gushy over our dream team. Why, because this doesn't happen without our dream team. Like, like, get involved in this church. And I'm not just talking about your money, I'm talking about your gifts and, and your talents. We we want to reach this city, we want to reach Cyprus and the surrounding areas. We, we want to reach the world. But we're not gonna be able to do it with people who are not generous with their finances and their gifts and their talents. This city has to be reached. I believe that God put a plan and something inside of a Christian and I that says, I want you in Cyprus, Texas for such a time as this. He said, I'm going to put you here to reach this city and this area. We're called to do it, but we can only do it at the speed of your generosity. And as a church, we can't be sitting around on our gifts and talents, not doing things to build the kingdom of God. It's like us." Driving around the city, going, Oh man, those people need Jesus over there. Oh man, those people over there, they really need Jesus, but God, just don't use me. Use them. Use, use Pastor Welby, because he's, he, he's supposed to do it, he's the pastor. And use Pastor Chris, he, 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 she's supposed to do it, she's Pastor's wife. Use, you, you, use, use Trevin because he plays the keys like nobody's business and, and can sing and lead people to worship like, like use Trevin because obviously he, you called him to do it and we drive around and we see the needs but we but our inactivity sometimes basically is saying God don't use me at all when you have the gifts and you have the abilities that the kingdom of God needs you and I, we are called to reach this city. So don't, let me say it like this, you can't sit back on the gifts and the talents that God has given you. You have to think beyond yourself. You have to pay it forward. And I just believe Jesus is saying today, I've blessed you. Now use it to change somebody else's life. Use what I've given you to make a difference. See, the, the more people who jump into this church... And say, I'm going all in with my time, I'm going all in with my money, I'm going all in with my family, I'm going all in with my effort. When that mentality takes over our church, when that mentality it isn't just a Sunday thing, but it's a Monday thing and it's a Tuesday thing. When that mentality takes over our church, can I tell you that this city needs to put its seatbelt on? Because baby, here we come. Cyprus, watch out, Tomball, watch out, Katie, watch out, Jersey Village, watch out. Watch out! I want you to know that there are, there's a group of people here that eat, sleep, and breathe and live for this moment on a Sunday. There's there's conversations that are had every day, week in, week out that are calling, texting, saying, yo, Pastor Welby, what what do you need? Or hey, I was thinking about this. Or hey, I'd like to step in and start helping here or there. Where do you need me? It's every day. But can I tell you that there's room for more You know what I see when <clears throat> You know what I see when I see when I see this when I see this seat right here I see your neighbor your neighbor who doesn't know Jesus that that they're on a journey and it's amazing how God has placed you and your family where He has, and and next to who He has. And when I see that seat, I, I see I see somebody that just just doesn't care about what God does in this church and their family. But I see I see a neighbor right there. You know what I see when I see this empty seat right here? I, I see a coworker. You, you know what I see when. When I see that seat right there, I see a family member. You know what I see when I, when I see this seat I, I see I see somebody who, who is ringing you up at HEB and you give them an invite to church. Because Sundays are great. But there's more to it. And I want to challenge you as your pastor, dive in. Go all in. You don't have to wait any longer. Let's do it today, together, together, together. So pay now. If we're going to have a boss plan. Learn to pay now. If we don't have it, we don't pay for it. We learn to pay ourselves and start saving. And we pay it forward because because there's an empty seat next to you that needs to hear about Jesus. We don't just exist for you but we exist for those that aren't here yet. We just don't exist for those that are here. We exist for those who aren't here yet. And it's the person or the friend you've been praying for. It's, 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 the, it's the person at Chick-fil-A. It's the person at Starbucks. It's the, it's the conversation that maybe you overhear and, and you just take a step of faith and just begin to share about the love of Jesus with them. When we live like a boss, it impacts our family and it impacts our city. Our vision here at this church is big. But one thing I've learned is that it takes a collective effort. It takes you and it takes me. And when this happens, baby, watch out. When this happens, watch out. We've got to activate our gifts. I said we've got to activate our gifts so the people that aren't here yet, when they do arrive, and they will arrive, that they will know that there's a church that will walk through the waters with them. There's a church that will stand in the fire with them. There's a church that says, hey, it doesn't matter how you feel, what you got going on, that we will do what it takes to make sure that you don't drown, make sure that you won't burn. We'll make sure that when you feel like you're going under, there'll be somebody there to help lift you up out of the water. And once you and I do that, we're going to see lives radically change for Jesus. I said, once you and I do that, it's gonna be totally life-changing. We don't show up just to have church. We show up so we can encounter a living God. And just as much as I need a living God to impact my life, you need a living God to impact yours. And as God impacts your life, I believe that he will continue to impact others around you. And it may just be an invite. Hey, why don't you come to my church? Most of the time when you invite somebody, they say 80% of the time they'll show up if you just ask them. If you just ask. Next week... It's gonna be fire, y'all. You're like, how do you know that? Dude, because my wife's preaching next week. Let's go. Like it's gonna be awesome. The week after that, we're gonna have a start a family series. Man, it's I'm telling you, it's prime season. It's prime season to let people know, hey, you need to come, you need to come check it out. Why? Because there's a man named Jesus that just as much as he may have changed your life and my life, he wants to change other people's lives. So we go all in. We go all in. Let's pray today. Lord, I thank you that we have felt your presence. I thank you that we have encountered who you are today. Thank you today that Lord, as we wrap this series up about generosity having a boss plan and learning to master our money instead of our money mastering us, God, I pray that we would set up the necessary guardrails around us so that we protect our heart from greed. Lord, that, that we would Lord, as we've said yes to you and go all in, Lord, that we would flip the script, Lord, like you've asked us to do, that that we would, Lord, first give, and we would first, and then we secondly save, and third, that we would live. God, that we would first think about others and, and how to give and be generous through that, through our tithes and our offerings. And God, I pray, Lord, that we would learn to save and develop a plan, Lord, to get to that point. And if we're not there yet, and Lord, that we would be able to live off the rest. Lord, I pray that we would in, we would pay now, not pay later, we would pay ourselves, and Lord, because we want to be able to pay it forward. We want to be able to be generous with our time and our talents, our money, Lord, truly to make a difference in this area and beyond. Lord, I pray that you would help us do that. Lord, in order to do that, Lord, we've got to say yes to you first. And maybe you're here today and you say, I need to say yes to Jesus. You're here today and you say, I'm far from God. You say, I'm here today and I've either, I've, I've either never given my life to Jesus or I'm, just, I'm far from him and I just want to rededicate my life today. I want to say yes to Jesus. I I want to, I want to make old things pass away, all things become new today again. If that's you, I I want you to just, no one's talking or looking around, but I just want you to raise your hand right now. You say, that's me, and I want you to pray for me. Would you say a prayer with me today? If that's you, lift your hand up in this place right now. Yeah, I see your hand. Who else today? I see your hand. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus is here to meet you right where you're at. Anybody else today? You say, that's me. Yeah, I see your hand. You can put your hand down. Yeah. Yeah, he's here. This all starts by first saying yes to Jesus. All across this place, would you say this prayer with me, whether whether you raised your hand or you didn't, come on, say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I say yes to you today. I ask you to come into my life and make me more like you. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe that you died for me, and I believe you rose again. And that today you hear me sitting next to the Father in heaven. And I pray today all things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You be first in my life. I'm going all in with Jesus today. Amen. Amen, amen. Come on, put your hands together. Hope rising. Come on. Thank you for joining us on the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at myhoperising.co. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.